On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla surprises everyone by taking the brand new standard range Model Y off the menu just a month after it was added. Plus, Tesla has insane EV market share in 2020. Your in-car preferences may soon follow you to any other Teslas you happen to drive and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey with you for episode 291 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. This one for the end of February, February 28th, 2021. On uh, my left, Daisy the Boxer just looking out the window, still awake for now, but that never lasts while I record this show. Uh, And for those of you kindly asking, the next appointment for her is early this week. So on next week's podcast, I will have an update. They're going to take a new chest x-ray to check on her heart size and the fluid in her lungs. So here's hoping that I have some good news to share on next week's podcast. All right. Well, I've got plenty of Tesla stuff to talk about. Nary a week goes by without there being a lot to talk about, which is great when you happen to do a weekly Tesla podcast. So let's start this week with the big story. Remember everything, and I mean everything, that I said last week about the standard range Model Y's price drop? Yeah, uh, forget about all of that because the standard range Model Y has been pulled off the menu. It is no longer available. It's like that classic South Park bit. And it's gone. Uh, what? It's gone. It's all gone. So I'm obviously making light of it there, but it was discontinued literally four days after the price drop occurred. I have seen some strange stuff over the years with Tesla's menu, uh, but this might be the strangest. I'm kind of racking my brain trying to figure out why they would yank the standard range so quickly after a price reduction. Remember, too, that the standard range Y itself was only introduced as an option one month ago. So this adds another chapter to the long and bizarre story of the standard range Model Y. It was an option when the Model Y was first announced back in March of 2019, almost two years ago now. Then when the Model Y officially launched one year later in March of 2020, there was no standard range Y. In January 2021, as you know, it finally showed up then got its price reduced a month later, and then was discontinued altogether four days after that. Just crazy. Anyway, back to the why on this. And I've seen some people speculate that they think that maybe Tesla is confident that the EV tax credit proposal that's out there in in, uh, government right now, which I told you about a couple shows ago, is coming back, and thus they would want to go with the higher priced variants because the new tax credit would make them extra affordable to customers and allow Tesla to pull in a little extra margin. I respectfully disagree with that hypothesis. As I said when I first reported it, there is just a long way to go before that uh, tax credit proposal becomes law. I doubt Tesla would take such drastic proactive action like this Unless maybe they've got government lobbyists that are assuring them that, yes, it's definitely happening, which is possible, I acknowledge. But it just doesn't make sense to introduce this last month, then drop the price, then kill it four days after the price drop. I mean, was what makes more sense to me is, was maybe no one ordering it since it first became available in January. I mean, that would explain the price drop. And then maybe they said, all right, Let's give it three days and see if orders pick up after we drop the price. And then maybe that happened and they didn't see the orders pick up. I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching here, but that theory is all I've got right now that makes sense in my head. Here is what Elon Musk had to say about it. Listener Jason in South Florida, hi Jason, tweeted at Elon and Elon said this, it is still available off menu but I don't think the range in many driving conditions yet meets the Tesla standard of excellence, end quote. Well, I I, uh, certainly 
take Elon to his word there. I mean, in, in real world conditions, things like elevation, wind, uh, the HVAC system, 244 miles can get a lot lower than that fairly quickly. Uh, but still, that wouldn't really explain how it got made in the first place, particularly since I get, just got done telling you about how it didn't exist until a month ago. I mean, it may still be available off-menu, but Tesla's history is such that off-menu things tend to not last too long as an off-menu option before they disappear entirely. So rest in peace, standard range Model Y. On the plus side, the standard range plus Model 3 has kept its price drop and uh, the long range 3 and Y both of them have been reduced by $1,000, which I'll tell you only reinforces my point last week with regard to the performance 3 and Y uh, being even less desirable now if you're ordering today since the perform uh, the performance variance, as I told you last week, went up by $1,000 and the acceleration boost upgrade can narrow that gap in the zero to 60 department. I mean, it's effectively making the acceleration boost free, kind of, in a sense, if you uh, do a little, uh, you know, you just tilt your head a little bit and look at it that way, because if you go with a long range three or Y, you've got a $1,000 price drop and the performance went up by a thousand. So it's like, there's your $2,000 that would pay for the acceleration boost. So, um, so there you go. That's that's uh, the latest situation in the Tesla's menu, the design studio drama that's uh, always seemed to be lurking around any corner. Now, speaking of the long-range Model Y, Jason was able to keep the conversation with Elon going and asked him, quote, does this mean that the long-range rear-wheel drive reservations will be made to offer more range? You mentioned that a while back. Elon responding to Jason one more time saying, quote, we have too much product complexity already, end quote. So uh, I would not really take any optimism out of that if, like Jason, you were hoping for a long-range rear-wheel drive single-motor Model Y, especially not after Tesla sales reps have been calling customers that, with reservations for that particular configuration and telling them that they need to go ahead and order something else. All right, in better news this week, nearly eight out of every 10 electric vehicles registered in the United States last year were Teslas. This story comes via Teslarati, who writes new data from the Automotive News, meaning the actual the publication Automotive News, not just the lowercase Automotive News. New data from Automotive News shows that Tesla owned 79% of the total EVs registered in the U.S. in 2020, leaving only 21% for other manufacturers to divide up between themselves. This overwhelming domination is also followed by somewhat obvious premonition. Tesla's four currently offered electric cars made up four of the top five spots. With the Chevy uh, Bolt taking third, the Model 3, Model Y, Model X, and Model S took one, two, four, and five, respectively. So the, it, was a, it was a Chevy Bolt sandwich there at the top of the EV registration leaderboards for the United States in 2020. Two, with a, <laughs> two Teslas, the Bolt, two more Teslas. Uh, this is obviously not a surprise, and it is both good news and kind of bad. It's good because, of course... We're Tesla fans, and we want to see Tesla do well. And on the back of those four great cars, they are doing just that. But of course, it's it's also kind of bad because it means that nobody else is really entering the market with a compelling offering. My hope is that that's now finally changing with the Porsche Taycan, the Ford Mustang Mach-E, the upcoming Volkswagen ID.4, Etc. Etc. On the way, either you know those cars are all either out now. In the case of the Taycan, totally anecdotally, I've start. I'm starting to see more Taycans around now. You know the 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 Bay Area in general, the San Francisco Bay Area is generally pretty affluent. 
you see a lot of pretty nice cars, including plenty of Teslas. Obviously, the Taycan is much more expensive, even the base model Taycan. It's up there, you know, closer to 200 grand. Uh, but it's still, I'm starting to see them, whereas for a while, I just wasn't at all. So I take it in in my little bubble here as a good sign that hopefully the Taycan is starting to get get some pickup, get some word of mouth in the Porsche community, and people are starting to grab those. And the Mach-E has been reviewed very well. Uh, I haven't seen any on the roads yet. I don't know if they're officially delivering yet. And the ID4, I think, is is uh, imminent as well, but not yet on the roads. But anyway, those cars are all good signs. But again, for the time being, there's just really nothing else out there other than the Bolt, which is an which is an excellent car for you know it's a nice small city car, good range. Uh, and I'd love to I'd love to drive one sometime. I've not had the chance so far, and obviously in a pandemic, I'm not going to take any opportunity to do that. But anyway. Uh, Tesla continuing to dominate in the EV market share department for now. And kind of on that note, Tesla fans should, you know, in, well, I won't say should. I, I, wish, I won't speak for anyone but myself. I mean, maybe, maybe we should in a way be rooting for Tesla's percentage of those registered EVs in a given year to go down over time because we do want new, good, viable options coming to market. The fact of the matter is, at this point, it would probably be tough for Tesla to go up from 79% just by virtue of A, math, and B, battery supply constraints. I mean, maybe the $25,000, you know, quote-unquote Model 2 might tick up that percentage a bit for a little while if Tesla can mass-produce them in sufficient quantities to meet what is very likely to be an incredible demand for those cars. But it'll be good in a roundabout way, as I said, for that number to go down over time. For now, though, it's a number that speaks very well of Tesla and very well of what Tesla is doing. In fact, just for a little context on that, Teslarati also notes that in that same data from Automotive News, 200,561 new Tesla electric cars were registered in the United States in 2020, surpassing Audi, who registered in the U.S. in 2020. Again, that's the context. Apples to apples here. Audi, one just shy of 184,000 cars registered in the United States in 2020. So the only three companies that managed to register more cars in the luxury segment than Tesla were Mercedes-Benz, BMW, and Lexus. They have Tesla has passed Audi, at least for 2020. So they're moving up the ladder, at least in the luxury segment, uh, after, remember, just a few years ago, Tesla was a blip on the radar that, I mean, let's be honest, most, if not all, of their competitors in that category completely ignored. Said, meh. We don't need any good EV offerings. We're going to just keep doing what we're doing. Now they're watching Tesla pass them by. Just ask Audi. Now, thankfully, Audi is uh, part of the VW group, which seems to be one of the few large legacy automakers that does seem very committed to an electric future. So, uh, But for now, Tesla overtakes them in the United States. Next up this week... Cloud profiles might be imminent. Our white hacker friend Green the Only is at it again. He was once again poking around in the firmware and found a screen that had some information about cloud profiles. The key part of that, I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but the key part reads as follows, quote, Eventually, the infotainment computer unique UUIDs will be replaced with cloud-generated ones once all profiles are migrated to the cloud, end quote. Again, there's a whole bunch of other text in there too, but here's Green explaining it like we're five-year-olds, which was literally the request of a Twitter user who responded and requested that Green do just that. And this is how Green explained it. He said, quote, Tesla is preparing to move profile items to the cloud, so when you get into any Tesla car, your profile migrates with you, based on your phone app, I imagine. This includes games and other app settings and such in particular, end quote. Uh, he adds that it should mean that it's 
Everything from games progress to seat settings to autopilot preferences to your home and work navigation defaults to app settings. And he says, which I guess means third-party apps are coming too. So that's just a nice little a nice little chaser to throw in there. The third-party apps have been asked about for a long time. So he's obviously speculating there, but that is some evidence to suggest that that might be happening. But as to just cloud profiles in general, Elon has talked about this before. So this is not a surprise, but it's been quite a while since it was spoken about. So it's great to know that it appears to finally be happening. This is going to be especially handy for multi-Tesla households. And uh, as I've said before, there are going to be more and more multi-Tesla households just all the time from here on out. Since as, as all of you that are owners have found out, you get one and then you get addicted to your Tesla and you love it and you tend to never want to drive a gas-powered car again. I, again, won't speak for everybody, but a lot of people go, I never want to go back from this. So regardless of which Tesla you hop into in the garage at some point here in the not-too-distant future, all of your settings are going to carry over, which is really cool. That's a really That'll be a really nice touch, obviously made possible by the fact that every Tesla is connected to the mothership via the LTE, the cell phone signal, the cellular signal. Now, this also has some potential robo-taxi implications, too, for when the robo-taxi network finally comes online. Theoretically, you could carry over your video game progress from robo-taxi to robo-taxi when you're doing Tesla network ride shares. So that would be pretty nice as well. All right, next up this week. Uh, In a rare but unfortunate occurrence, at least as far as we know, this seems to be rare, the Tesla factory in Fremont shut down this past Monday uh, and Tuesday due to parts shortages. Now, this was originally reported on in rumor form by listener Sawyer Merritt, hi Sawyer, who had tweeted, quote, Fremont has been shut down for the past couple of days. I've been in contact with a few sources that have confirmed this to me, and they have provided some other info as well. It's unclear which lines have been shut down, but at least some Model 3 line workers have been sent home. He continues, Some of the sources told me there is a potential part shortage from a supplier. They speculated it was due to chip shortages. And then one more little bit. Tesla is taking the opportunity, he says, or his sources say, to address some needed downtime. As always, take these kinds of things with a grain of salt. Uh, Bloomberg, meanwhile, reported that it may have been a parts holdup as a result of the Texas ice storms over the past week or two there. Elon Musk then confirmed the shutdown the next day, tweeting, Fremont shut down for two days, parentheses, parts shortages, and restarted yesterday. And he's referring to to, uh, last Wednesday. Well, I'm glad they're back online. Certainly, that's number one. But still, that just those couple days had to be very frustrating to everyone at Tesla, from Elon on down to everybody working on the assembly line. I mean, Elon, from his position, wants to be making and selling cars and pushing the mission forward on a daily basis. And the people working the assembly line want to also do that while making, while being able to make a living. So uh, again, I'm very glad that this only lasted two days. Uh, And I hope that Sawyer's source was correct and that Tesla did still have time to address the things that they wanted to address while the line was stopped. More good news this week for owners of performance Teslas. Michelin has announced a new EV-specific performance tire dubbed the Michelin Pilot Sport EV. This comes via the Michelin press release on it. They say, due to be released for sale from April 1st, the Michelin Pilot Sport EV delivers optimal grip on wet and dry roads, irrespective of the the tire's level of wear, taking into account the higher weight and weight distribution characteristics associated with electric sports cars. Also, outstanding resistance to wear in response to the high torque and acceleration forces that typify this type of car. Also, Low rolling resistance extends range by up to 60 kilometers or about 37 miles 
to enable drivers to enjoy the potential of their electric sports cars to the fullest. Also, 20% less perceptible road noise thanks to Michelin acoustic technology, which takes the form of a custom-developed polyurethane foam that reduces cabin noise for even greater enjoyment behind the wheel of electric vehicles. A little more information here, Michelin saying, the Michelin Pilot Sport EV will be rolled out in uh, in the course of 2021 in a choice of 16 sizes. Original equipment, 11 sizes. Replacement market sizes, five for 18 to 22 inch rims. 20 inch Michelin Pilot Sport EVs have been pre uh, have been type approved rather for the new Tesla Model Y which is already marketed in China. So remember the Model Y uh, well the 3 and the Y the performance cars come with smaller wheels in China than they do here in the United States for actually I don't know the reason for that but um, anyway so that's why it's a 20 inch and not a 21. These T0 and T1 rated tires were developed in close collaboration with Tesla. Uh, Oh, and then more release date information. The Michelin Pilot Sport EV is a global tire and will be available on vehicles released in Europe and North America from the third quarter of 2021. Well, this is absolutely fantastic news for owners of the Performance 3, at the very least, because uh, I mentioned, mentioned it that way because the new... The 2021 Model 3 Performance with the 20-inch Uber turbine wheels, now that car now comes with Pirelli P0 tires from the factory rather than the Michelin Sport uh, Pilot Sports that my car has uh, and came with. And, and it's the same case with the 21-inch Uber turbine wheels on the Performance Y. But anyway, the Pilot Sport 4S tires that most of us Model 3 Performance owners have are they're grippy, sticky tires. I like them, but they don't last. They are good for 15, maybe 20,000 miles at the most. And my, I'll tell you, my lifetime watt hour per mile rating on those tires after 26,000 miles is exactly 300, which itself is almost exactly the 299 that the EPA rating says it should be. But Here's the thing, if these new Pilot Sport EV tires can last longer and get better efficiency thanks to the lower rolling resistance while still providing that nice sporty grip, that would be huge. That would be a really tangible improvement for Model 3 and Model Y performance owners. I mean, the test that Michelin referenced there that got them the 37 extra miles It was done by comparing a regular Michelin Pilot Sport tire to this new one on an electric vehicle. So it was a nice apples-to-apples comparison. So if that, you know, 30-something extra miles, that's a nice 10% gain on a 3 or on a Y, uh, which on my car, boy, that that would sure be nice if I got an extra, you know, 30-ish miles of range. On my car, that'd be that'd be amazing. I mean, if all goes well for me, and to be clear, it has decidedly not gone well for me in the tire department in the time that I've owned my Model Three so far. But uh, if it did, if this current set of tires, knock on wood, furiously goes well, uh, I won't need a new set for a while. But no, I will still, I'll certainly be eager to get these new tires on my car when that time comes. And by the way, I would certainly, the, the 20% additional road noise reduction, that's icing on the cake at that point. So loving that. Also, the fact that Michelin says they specifically called out 18 to 22 inch rims, my hope there is that that means they're covering every Tesla from the Model 3 Performance Sleeper version. For, there have been a couple of times, couple of windows here and there in the history of the Model 3 where you could order a Model 3 Performance but without the 20-inch wheels, without the, the spoiler, without the larger brakes and rotors, where it was just a, you know, quote-unquote normal Model 3 but with, with the performance motor settings dialed in. So I'm hoping it covers that. And then... That you notice it's 18 to 22. Well, what's what uses a 22 inch wheel? How about the Model X performance? 
including the new Model X Plaid. So really stoked that Michelin worked directly with Tesla on this. I mean, it's it makes a lot of sense for, for everybody. I mean, I also wonder if these are going to start coming on the cars by default from the factory. The, the way it's worded, I think this, this press release might have been translated from French since Michelin's a French company. Um, again, that's that's why I say French. I, I guess my my general point is I think this press release might have been translated from some other language because of some of the way some of it's worded. Uh, and, and at one point they do say though, uh, will be available on vehicles released in Europe and North America from the third quarter of 2021, meaning available on vehicles released. So that the way that's worded, I wonder if that means as it'll be delivered that way from the factory, like they'll start putting these on during, uh, manufacturing. That would be good. I hope so. But, um, in fact, if they do, again, you talk about a win-win, that it would totally be a win for everybody because if these start getting put on at the factory, Tesla could advertise higher range on the performance cars uh, and Michelin gets a big contract out of it from Tesla. So Michelin wins, Tesla wins uh, by being able to you know claim higher ranges and Tesla customers win by getting a better performance tire. So love this. This is great stuff. All right, uh, final item for this week. Here's Elon with a teeny tiny, just want to emphasize how small this is, just a little Cybertruck update. I know there are so many of you out there with Cybertruck reservations looking forward to this vehicle. Elon taking to Twitter this past week saying, quote, final design is looking, and then the, the you know, the, you know, A-OK, you know, hand signal there, meaning looking great, was just in the studio. And that's the end of his tweet. So now you may remember from the Joe Rogan podcast that I played the clips for uh, for you from that the Cybertruck was tweaked in size by about 3% in the moving in the smaller direction, 3% smaller, but it's locked. So he says final design. So now it's just time to build it. And those huge stamping machines are starting to go in over at Giga Texas. So it's happening. Of course, now that Elon tweeted final design looking good. Everybody wants to see it. I mean, (laughs) I would have to imagine the team at Tesla is probably going to want to keep the final design under wraps until it's, you know, until it's nearly time to start production. Because Tesla, you know, they don't, they don't really need more reservations for that thing. They've got a couple years worth of reservations for the Cybertruck, whereas they've got other cars in production that they want to sell people now. I know the Cybertruck is nothing like those other four Tesla vehicles, but still, my my guess is Tesla is probably going to want to underplay this a little bit just because, you know, they don't want to, they want people, as many people that will give them money now for a vehicle now as possible, rather than just giving them the $100 deposit for a Cybertruck that they can't even build for another one to two years, if not more. But uh, because of that, again, I got to figure that the Tesla team will probably want to keep it under wraps as long as possible. But the question is, will Elon be able to help himself? And I say that just totally with a smile because we have seen how excited Elon is about the Cybertruck in the past. I mean, this is clearly the vehicle that Elon's most excited about. More than the Roadster, more than the Semi, more than anything else. This is what he has talked about the most on Twitter and in interviews. The good news is, only about nine months or so to go. We're getting there now. It is getting closer. All right, that's everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news for this week. But stick around for a bunch of your excellent phone calls coming up right after this in the Ride the Lightning hotline. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. 
Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, I welcome you. I invite you to call in and participate. I'd love to feature you here on this segment of the show. You can participate in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less, and then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, Or you can take that same question, comment, and just leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline, which you can dial toll-free anytime. The number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. First up is John from Dublin. Go ahead, John. Hi, Ryan. John from Dublin, Ireland, checking in with you again. I thought I'd just like to tell you about something rather cool I discovered about my Tesla Model 3 just before lockdown came in. This is something that we in Ireland are almost uniquely positioned to be able to experience, and I'll explain. As you know, and as your listeners will know, we unfortunately have a border here separating the north of Ireland from the Republic of Ireland. In the north, they measure speed in miles per hour, while we in the uh, more progressive republic use kilometers per hour. So I wondered what would happen when I crossed the border and how my car would react. Well, I was thrilled to see that it immediately adjusted. Cameras were now reading the miles per hour signs, speed limit signs, and displaying them simultaneously on the screen as kilometers per hour and, of course, adjusting the car's speed accordingly. I must say, I was very impressed. Clever Tesla. Thank you, Ryan, for all you do. It's a fantastic program and I never miss an episode. My Boxador dog, Joplin, sends a big wolf to Daisy the Boxer. Thanks again, Ryan. Bye. John, thank you very much for your call, and hi to Joplin as well. I'm glad you called in with this because, uh, honestly, this is one of those things I admit I've never even thought about, which tells you uh, that I've never driven my car across the United States-Canada border, which is probably the best place where I could experience this for myself over here on this side of the pond. But clearly, Tesla's software engineers did think about it as they were programming the cars, and I just love hearing that the transition is totally seamless, which is what you would not only expect, but obviously what you'd want as well. Cheers, John. Thanks again for your call. Gil from San Diego is next. Welcome back, Gil. Hi, Ryan. Gil from San Diego. Wanted to update you on our new uh, car purchase plans. Uh, we, we had mentioned that we were planning on getting a new uh, Tesla in the beginning of the year. You correctly said that you would have expected a refresh of the S and X uh, sometime in early uh, 21. And so we were very happy to order a brand new Model S uh, pretty much the day it was announced. Uh, one interesting little thing that came up uh, that I didn't realize is since we're going to have two, I had ordered a for my wife on her own new account Uh, and it turns out that you can't link accounts in a household so it's unclear to me that we'll be able to sort of use our phones for keys for each other's cars unless we uh, have the same account on there but I'm curious if you if you know if that's correct or not thanks for all you do and I'll let you know what we think of the new car when it arrives sometime in March Gil, congratulations on your imminent new Model S, Uh, and I would love to have you call back in with your hands-on feedback after using the yoke. To answer your question, something similar to this has come up on the podcast before, and I believe the solution is for you and your wife to uh, to add each other in your Tesla accounts. If you log into your account, I went and checked this to make sure I was looking in the right place here. Log into your account, click on manage on your car, uh, and then you'll see the car access menu. Click on that, and then click the add driver button. 
that should do it. So I hope that helps and anybody else that may run into the run into a similar situation. And thanks so much for calling in, Gil. Jonathan from Atlanta is up next with a question about the newly refreshed Model X. Go ahead, Jonathan. Hey, Ryan, it's Jonathan from Atlanta, Georgia. Just got done listening to another excellent recap um, of the earnings call that you, you did and just excellent. Um, one thing you didn't mention, I don't think you mentioned, uh, was the change to the all-glass roof for the X and the S, uh, which is pretty spectacular. No no pillars at all. Um, my wife and I were in the market for new Model S, and unfortunately the price changed while small relative to the total price of the car kind of priced us out. But either way, I was showing my wife the new Model X and what had changed, and she specifically noticed after looking at that kind of the bird's-eye view of the of the roof on the X, it doesn't look like the Falcon Wing doors are there. Like, And if if they are, I, I don't see how they could happen with that all-glass roof. So did they get rid of the Falcon Wing doors? Um, it wasn't mentioned on the earnings call, um, and I just don't see the possibility of them being there. So just kind of curious on your thoughts on it. Am I missing something? Thanks, man. Keep up the good work. Jonathan, thank you for calling in. Well, the Falcon Wing doors are indeed still there. Uh, I, in fact, I would bet a reasonable sum of money that they're going to be on the Model X for as long as there is a Model X. I mean, they are just a signature defining feature. Like the car is literally built around them. I mean, with the you know the big sky, the, the windshield, and, and the car is completely designed around them. I mean, they're just a signature, for, for better or for worse. I know there are people out there that are not the biggest Falcon Wing Door fans, but um, you can see the cutouts for them on the roof in some of the pictures that are further down on the tesla.com slash Model X page. But, I mean, you made me, I mean, your call inspired me to go and pour through these pictures. And by making me look, it is odd. What, what I think maybe you're responding to here is, there aren't any pictures of the Model X on the Tesla website with the doors open, the, the rear doors, or any doors for that matter. So that is kind of odd considering that, as I just got done saying, they are a signature part of the car. So I did find that a little bit strange. But yes, indeed, the Falcon Wing doors are still there. Kobus from Austin is up next. Welcome to the podcast. Hi Ryan, this is Kubus Marnovic from Austin, Texas. Love your show and listen to it every week. I recently had an incident where I bumped into a car behind me uh, while picking up my daughter in the school pickup lane. It was one of those times where the backup camera was black and I did not notice that someone had pulled up behind me. I bumped into the other car at probably two miles an hour, but the quarter size dent in my bumper cost $600 to fix and the other car cost nearly $200,000 to fix for the minor damage. I would like Tesla to implement a safe mode where the car would not crash into anything in front or behind the car even if you press the accelerator. The car should always stop when it comes uh, within 12 inches of anything uh, in front or behind it. This would have saved me an insurance claim. Let me know what you think and also what you think your listeners think about this idea. Regards, Kobus. Kobus, thank you so much for calling in. The cars actually do have this but only for moving forward, not backwards, which is what it sounds like happened to you. Take a look in your menu in the car under autopilot, and it's called obstacle aware acceleration if you happen to not already be familiar with it. But unfortunately, it only works for moving forward. I, I went out into my own car and just looked directly at this to, to check, and it did say exactly that. So I think it could be good to enable it uh, for, on Tesla's part for moving in reverse as well, because I can't imagine that you're the first person to have had this happen to them. I'm sorry to hear it. That's uh, let me get that, make that very, very clear as well. I am sorry to hear that. And yeah, let's uh, let's use your experience to hopefully send this feedback along to Tesla, and hopefully they'll make it better for the future. Andrew from Florida is next. We we're talking about the Model X a couple minutes ago. Let's talk some more Model X. 
Hey, Ryan, this is Andrew from New Smyrna Beach, Florida. You might remember me. I'm Andrew originally from San Diego, where I used to live about four years ago when I had my Model X. Unfortunately, the many issues I had with that car, especially with the Falcon Wing doors, wound up with me having to do a Lemon Law buyback in the car about three years ago. And at that point, I uh, had to stop listening to the podcast. It was just too painful. My uh, other half would not let me get a Tesla again at that point because of what we had experienced with that vehicle. So very painful. But in any case, times have changed. Fast forward, uh, and I am happy to report that I just ordered a brand new long range Model Y, and I'm just going to start listening to your podcast again. And in fact, I've already uh, helped out a little bit, just ordered a key fob cover for the uh, Model Y key that I ordered from Tesla Shop, and got a cover there from um, Abstract Ocean and used the RTL podcast code. He'll help you out a little bit. Anyways, just wanted to thank you for the podcast. Looking forward to listening to you again and getting back on board with Tesla. Andrew, welcome back. Uh, I do wish you the very best with your new Model Y. I got to tell you, I'm I'm really interested in hearing more from you about your Tesla experience. I can imagine that having so many problems with an X that, you know, that car no doubt cost you around $100,000, give or take, that had to have just been an extremely frustrating and also stressful experience. I mean, I, I wonder what the discussion with your partner was like to go back to Tesla, and did you consider other vehicles? And I'd also be curious, what about the Model Y made you want to give Tesla another try? So, uh, you know, if you ever feel like it, call back in sometime. But regardless, I certainly welcome you back to the podcast, and hey, thanks for looking me back up. Russ from Australia is up next, responding to my comments from uh, one or two shows back about the tilting on the model, the new SNX screen. Go ahead, Russ. Hi, Ryan. This is Russ from Australia. I was listening to you talking this week about tilting the screen in the Tesla. I'm not exactly sure what they've done for that. And I had this idea about what if they just did it using software and warping the image. I know that immediately you would lose screen real estate, and that's not ideal. Um, but if they did the software, you could you could actually do it to any level of tilt or, you know, depending on the height of the driver or the angle or anything could be changed once they'd put in the algorithms. And they could also partition the screen. So maybe the speedometer faces the driver while something else, you know, the rest of the screen's going straight or could even have something facing one of the passengers. And if they had a really big screen, they could go crazy and do all kinds of interesting things. Yeah, so i just really curious to know what you think of that crazy idea. Russ, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even know that was a thing that's feasible. That's cool. But I don't think Tesla would have specifically advertised it as part of the car's features unless the screen physically tilted. If they were doing it via software magic, I think they probably would have noted that in the description so as not to create artificial expectations because I think... When you read, at least certainly I can speak for myself, when you read tilting screen, you think it's going to physically move. Uh, that tilting screen is one of many, many little things that I'm still curious about with the new S and the new X's interior. Again, I suppose we'll start getting our answers here anytime now. Those things are supposed to start delivering imminently, at least the S. The S is supposed to deliver first and then the X a bit later. So either way, we should get some answers sooner rather than later. Rich from Seattle is up next. Go ahead, Rich. Hi, Ryan. Rich from Seattle here again. First of all, I just hope Daisy's doing better. Man, that episode just broke my heart. And um, I know you're doing everything you can, and my heart's with you. Uh, but the second thing I wanted to mention is, uh, have you thought about doing a kind of new to Tesla corner, kind of the noob corner. Uh, it just has come to my attention as I've been uh, proselytizing out here that I get the same questions over and over again, and probably you're seeing the same thing too with so many, 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 many new people joining Tesla all the time. Uh, for instance, this winter I got so many questions about winter driving and how to charge your supercharger stuff and so forth. I was just kind of thinking that maybe just a quick, you know, common new question, like two minutes, would be helpful to a lot of people. Uh, for instance, I'll give you my top three. One is, should I charge to 100% or not? Two, in the winter, how do I even figure out how much range I've got? Three, do I really need uh, 
pain protective film and all these other things. Anyway, just a thought. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, Rich. Thanks, as always, for your call and especially for your compassionate words regarding Daisy. As I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I hope to have some good news to share on next week's show. Regarding your segment suggestion, I like it. It's a good idea. I did tackle this uh, in my own way a couple years ago. I did a separate Tesla Beginner's Guide episode back in the fall of 2018 that was basically a deluxe-sized version of what you're talking about. I should probably update that thing at least once a year, honestly, with how much Tesla moves and changes. I mean, it definitely needs an update now because, well, the Model Y exists, for starters, and the Standard Range Plus Model 3 also exists, which it did not when I recorded that. And then next year, we'll have the Cybertruck, and a lot of people are going to have questions about caring for the stainless steel body that, as uh, a lot of you know, I am already uniquely qualified to answer. So maybe that's the solution. Maybe I try to find some time to update that thing once a year and re-release it so that if new owners search out specific questions, maybe Google SEO will point them to that Beginner's Guide episode. Thank you, Rich. Next up, uh, let's go to Austin, Texas for our next call, responding to Elon Musk's comment on the Joe Rogan podcast about airbags. Hi, Ryan. This is Wins in Austin. I love the podcast. Thanks for everything. Um, A comment about Elon's airbags. I remember what made me a seatbelt convincer before seatbelts were required and, and cool is driving down the road about 35 miles an hour, hit a patch of ice. The car went sideways. When I caught traction, I found myself in the passenger seat, and there's just no way you can safely drive a vehicle from the passenger seat. Uh, That was my answer that, you know, something to keep you in the driver's seat is important. My point is that Elon's comments like this just are starting to irritate me. Uh, The full self-driving is, in my opinion, uh, been overhyped and overpromised by him. I own two Teslas. I'm irritated that I paid money for those. The cars are really about to go back for trade. And I just don't think it's fair for him to say these types of things. Also, a rocket car that's going to hover six feet. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but he'll just say, hey, regulations don't let us allow, allow, allow us to do this. And so I wish he would either keep quiet with the promises or at least become better informed. It's just, in my opinion, ridiculous. I'm a happy Tesla owner. But these types of comments just really frustrate me. Thanks for the podcast. Thank you very much for this call. And I can completely understand where you're coming from here. Personally, I do genuinely think that Elon's heart is in the right place. He's an inventor who gets genuinely excited about this stuff. And that causes him to speak enthusiastically before necessarily thinking everything all the way through to their full conclusions which isn't a bad thing in and of itself, but when he's the head of a Fortune 500 company, that's where it's a bit of a different story. Personally, I would rather have this Elon than your typical media-trained PR robot who lies and will only say what the approved company message is. Uh, That's not to say those are mutually exclusive, that it's one or the other, but... Um, Anyway, I think you get where I'm coming from on that, as I certainly, again, understand and empathize where you're coming from as well. Thanks so much. Let's see here. Let's talk next to Clay in Denver. Hi, my name's Clay in Denver, Colorado. I've had a Model 3 since 2018. First off, I've been listening a lot to your show, and I appreciate it. Um, You're a good resource and uh, good at uh, making sure questions are answered. But anyhow, my quick question is, um, I'm curious when Denver should be looking at the full self-driving update. Um, I, I, California, I've been looking at those since December. Um, I feel like I've seen some for Denver YouTube videos. And um, I keep, I've had like three or four updates since then. They show the games on there, but each one says waiting for update um before they're good i'm wondering if you have any idea when we might be looking for the full self-driving update in denver colorado i know i know the answer you have will be informed but not necessarily definitive thank you for your help bye clay i wish i could provide a definitive answer but i'm not even sure i can give you an informed one 
Well, I mean, I suppose it's as informed as it can be for somebody who doesn't work on the autopilot team. The best I've got for you is this tweet from Elon from this past week. He said, quote, There will be a gap before the next release, but then it will be a step change better. Tesla is solving a major real-world AI problem, end quote. So it sounds like it's still going to be some time. I mean, maybe the beta will go out wider with that next release after that gap, that step change. But I suppose most of us won't have great odds at getting chosen for that. The nice part is that at least you can see the YouTube videos as you've been doing and see that it is real and it is a legitimately large step forward even in this current very limited beta release. So it's coming. Thanks again, Clay. We've got one more call this week. Ali from Japan. See if I can help him out. Go ahead, Ali. Hey, what's up, Ryan? This is Ali from Japan. I'm a second-time caller, long-time listener. I have a problem with my Tesla browser. I mean, it's kind of stupid, but <laughs> it's almost impossible to sign into your Google account for YouTube or the browser. And I've been trying to do it for more than an hour now. I'm in the car. I used all these Plex.tv and stuff. Nothing, nothing works. And I'm just like, I'm just baffled by like, what is the deal with this? Why signing on, signing into your Google account should be this difficult in 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 a Tesla? I mean, really, just I don't know. <laughs> have a good one, and I hope you have a you have an answer for me at least. Elon would hear it and like kind of try to fix it. Have a great one. Bye bye. Ali, I wish I had better news for you. For whatever reason, you can't sign into your account anymore, as you used to be able to. I remember when the YouTube app first rolled out, I was able to log in no problem. And you even tried the Plex website workaround, which, as you unfortunately found out the hard way, also no longer works. I'm not quite sure why Tesla has disabled every way to do so. I imagine they have a good reason and it's probably a security concern of some kind, but heck if I know exactly what the, the reason is. So unfortunately, I don't have good news for you, but rest assured that the community is well aware, which means Tesla is aware and will hopefully resolve this sooner rather than later. Thank you very much for calling in. Thanks to everybody for taking the time to call. I, again, welcome and invite you to do so because I'd love to hear from you on a future episode. I think this part of the podcast might be my favorite because I like hearing from all these different voices, all these people out there. Uh, it really brightens up this podcast for me. I love it. So call in anytime, day or night, because all you're doing is emailing. You'll never wake me up by calling me. I gave you the call in information at the top of this segment. So with that, stick around. I've got a little bit more podcast for you coming up right after this very short musical interlude. Well, as for me and what's going on with my car, I had my tires rotated today, which it's really nice. The, again, the, the chain that I go to, the place, uh, America's Tire, which is discount tire in some other states. I don't know how nationwide or not they are, but they uh, I didn't even buy the tires there. I just bought the tire warranty because I got the... I got the tires from Tesla with the zero-G wheels. So anyway, I went and bought the warranty because I've had such bad luck with nails and things and tires. But yeah, I rolled up and uh, and yeah, they rotated them for free, which is smart. I'll totally go there moving forward because uh, to buy my tires, I mean, because they stock the exact ones and they have Teslas in there all the time. In fact, there's a picture on my Instagram. I took a photo when I pulled my car into the bay when it was my turn. If you looked, you're standing out there on the far left, there was an S right next to that. There was an X. And then right next to that, there was me. So sadly, we couldn't get... It's too bad I wasn't in the middle. Then it could have been S3X. Uh, no Model Y in sight to speak of at this point. But but yeah, uh, that was pretty cool that they rotated them for free. So you know, I want to try and get as many miles out of these tires as I can. And when it's free, can't really complain. Anyway, uh, elsewhere in my Tesla life, on uh, tomorrow, which is going to be Saturday, which will be in the past, as most of you listen to this, I've, I'm actually giving, I'm, I'm, the, I'm a guest speaker for two 
virtual Tesla Club events, which I'm really looking forward to. One, the first one is with the New York State Tesla Owners Club. Looking forward to meeting them. And I'm sure some of you are listeners already. Hopefully that'll be fun. And then, uh, in fact, I'm sure it'll be fun. It'll be great to talk to a new group of people. And then uh, that afternoon, which will be Sunday morning for them, a group of owners in Australia invited me on Clubhouse. So congratulations to, uh, to all of that group because you got me on Clubhouse. I, I, I thought I would not want to go on any new social media sites. And, well, you got me, you, you sent me the Clubhouse invite, so <laughs> I'm going to go on there. We'll see. I wonder if, uh, if Clubhouse will end up being a fad or what. But look, this will be fun because it's, you know, it's again, it's a nice, easy audio thing for everybody, too. But anyway, so that's, uh, I've got a Tesla-tastic weekend that I'm really looking forward to. It's just, see, I always just, I enjoy talking about Tesla with people. I mean, obviously with the podcast here, it's just one way. I mean, yeah, I've got the phone calls, but it's not a live conversation. So I'm looking forward to uh, to chatting with everybody. Hey, would you like a TV show recommendation real quick? If you do, great. If not, I guess fast forward, hit the, hit the forward 15 seconds button. I'll keep this quick. Uh, one of my favorite stand-up comedians, Brian Regan, just put up a new stand-up special, a new hour up on Netflix. It's called On the Rocks. So they shot it outside in, uh, I don't know if it's in Colorado or, or where, but kind of like in a in a very cool like desert setting. And I, I think Brian Regan's hilarious. If, uh, if you watch that, if you end up watching On the Rocks and enjoy it, you got to look up some of Brian's older stuff because, boy, he's got some incredible bits, some great hours uh, on his resume. Brian Regan. All right, pro tip of the week time. Here's Ben from Kansas City. Hey, Ryan, this is Ben from Kansas City. Uh, I uh, became a listener back in 2019 when I got my Performance Model 3 and have been thrilled ever since. And can't uh, thank you enough for your podcast and all the amazing calls that we've had over that time. It's just been wonderful. Um, I'm calling to give a pro tip uh, about something that I discovered last uh, winter, and it's just been one of my favorite little hacks. Um, the, uh, you know, during a snowstorm, a lot of times the windshield wipers can get frozen and stuck. And your last caller had, uh, an, an episode where they deactivated on them. Uh, something I do, uh, when I know it's going to be cold or freezing or, or anything of the like is I put my wipers into the service mode. Um, so if you go into the, you know, the menu, go into service and then select uh, wiper service mode that kind of flips up the uh, the wipers onto the uh, windshield a little bit. And what's great about that is when you defrost, um, it defrosts your wipers as well. Uh, it's pretty nice, pretty handy. So when you get in, not only do you have a nice warm car and totally defrosted windows, but your wipers are uh, clean as well and free of any ice, and they work great. So just wanted to share that little uh, simple little tip. It's been wonderful for me, and appreciate all you do. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for that, Ben. That's a great follow-up to last week's pro tip. And again, a reminder, if you've got a pro tip of the week that you'd like to share, please send it in the same way that you send in the regular Ride the Lightning hotline phone calls. All right, that will wrap it up for this week's podcast. Uh, Some friends of the show that can hopefully help you out. Maybe you can help me out, help them out. Everybody wins. AbstractOcean.com, purveyor of many, many fine Tesla accessories of all kinds. There's stuff for you, there's stuff for the car, lanyards, rear footwell lighting kits, the drop-in cup holder stabilizer, the cool Roadster-style T-E-S-L-A lettering you could do on the back of your car, uh, tempered glass screen protectors, the, uh, let's see, oh, cut the center console wraps. Love it. All that, all that great stuff and much more is there for you abstractocean.com browse around pile everything in your cart once you're you've you've uh, exhausted your <laughs> your wish list and then use the coupon code RTL podcast all one word RTL podcast at checkout and get, and you'll get 15% off of your first order meanwhile uh, immaculate reflections. If you or your car, ideally both presumably, would be in the San Francisco Bay Area and you'd like some absolute high quality craftsman detailing work done to your car, whether it's paint correction, paint protection film on some or all of the car, or ceramic coating, 
Immaculate Reflections will take wonderful care of you and your car. You can find out more and book in with Jeff at his website, which is irdetailing.com. Mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and there is a special discount waiting for you. PureTesla.com slash RTL is your quick stop to get a dash cam solution. Micro SD based, not USB flash. So it is gonna last and last and last. It is designed for the constant reading and writing that the sentry mode and dash cam are doing. So again, uh, you go to puretesla.com slash RTL. It's 49 bucks for the 128 gig kit. That's what I've got. There's also a 256 gig kit for 69 bucks. They'll ship free anywhere in the US, puretesla.com slash RTL. Jada, meanwhile, has the Jada wireless charging pad for the Model 3, the Jada USB hub for the 3 and the Y, and the brand new Jada SSD drive that integrates into the USB hub. It does require Jada's USB hub. Uh, if that is If that kind of all-in-one solution is of interest to you, you can check all of that out at my Jada referral link. Please use this link. It's getjada.com slash ref slash eight and use the coupon code RTL for a $25 discount off of that new uh, SSD drive. Or there's just the general ride the lightning coupon code for 10 bucks off if you're buying one of the other products there. And finally, uh, the snap plate. Very useful for whether you've got an S3, X, or Y. The front license plate bracket for people like me that hate having a front license plate bracket, but you gotta do it in some cases. Maybe you wanna take it off for car shows, put it on to avoid getting a ticket at a parking meter, take it off while you're cleaning, put it on if you're, you know you're gonna be going through a, a toll, something like that. Uh, it uses Torx security screws, so nobody's going to be messing with it. Don't worry about that. But you've got the tool. It does come on and off very easily. Get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. That's everyamp.com slash RTL. And I believe that will wrap it up. Aside from my humble mention of my Patreon, as I remind you every week, uh, I've got the Patreon there. If you are willing and, and able to support my efforts on the podcast, you can find all the information there, patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. If you're, you know, it starts, uh, you can support the show starting at just five bucks a month, or there are annual uh, backing options too. If you just want to throw me some support that's good for a year, you can do that. And what's better is, if you do that, you'll get 5% off what, what it would have been paying, you know, doing 12 monthly backing, you know, uh, pledges. So uh, the $5 tier, you get early access to each week's episode, and then there are bonuses and things on up that stack from there. So again, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast would super be uh, humbled and grateful if you might uh, be able to support me at some point along the way. Maybe it's not today, maybe it's not tomorrow, but uh, I'm here for you each and every week, and I take a lot of pride in being that reliable for you. Uh, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, that's something you can do that costs you absolutely nothing. All it's going to get you, though, is making sure that you don't miss an episode because the shows will just be pushed to you. You can subscribe on pretty much all the major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, which yes, TuneIn in your Tesla as well. Spotify, yes, also in your Tesla, you can get this show. Or on YouTube, it's just audio, there's nothing to look at, uh, but you can listen there if that is convenient to you. Just search on YouTube, Ride the Lightning Tesla, and you should find my channel, no problem. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, it's the same handle either way, DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, Twitter's got a lot of video game talk mixed in with some Tesla talk. Instagram, though, is all Tesla all the time. So if either of if you if you can't get enough of me, there's a little bit more out there on social media. Finally, I would just want to say hello and thank you to the uh, top tier backers on my Patreon, starting with the Roadster and Space tier folks: Pete White, 
Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, and my friend on Twitter, at Rodam. And then the Maximum Plaid crew, Pete White, Jonathan Wales, Fernando Cordero, Sean Neidig, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, John Schmidt, Stan Roth, Howard Anthony Smith, Jackson Wallace, Charles Galpin, Neil Weaver, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, and Hay Watley. And then, of course, the Plaid Level Group. Love those guys as well. And girls, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Robert Miracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, hi to the Taiwan group, Jeremy Harris, Ron Lee, John Cody, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Will Stedman, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Mark Eversoll, Chris Beach, Aaron Altshul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, Eric St. Pierre, the Tesla Owners East Bay Club, miss all of you, hope to see all of you soon, Scott Gillis, Paul Casarino, Ryan Natchett, and Mike and Barbara from Louisville. All right, that will do it for me here on episode 291, but I'll be back, of course, next week, same time as always, Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. And again, my sincerest hope is that I will have some good news to report on Daisy, who, yes, of course, is now sleeping. I don't think she's ever made it through an entire show awake the whole time. I mean, to be fair, it might not be that I'm boring to her. (laughs) It's probably more because... It's late at night, and it's bedtime. So uh, thank you all so much for your time. I say it a million times, but uh, to me, time is is by far the most valuable thing because, I mean, hey, the Patreon helps. Don't get me wrong, but uh, in all seriousness, I am grateful for your time because uh, we, don't, we can't buy any more of that. We can't Patreon any more of that. Your time is limited, and the fact that you would choose to spend an hour or so of it with me each week listening to all things Tesla. I do sincerely appreciate that. Happy electric motoring, my friends, and I will see you back here next week. I mean, I think... A Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.